This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Time now for Fibber McGee and Molly, and a show that was first broadcast in 1947. The Johnson's Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. One reason things always look brighter in the morning than they did the night before is that it isn't so dark in the daytime. But a little tough luck that Mr. McGee of 79 Wistful Vista had last night was not helped a bit by eight hours sleep. Listen to himself this morning as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. No more breakfast for me, kiddo. I gotta get going. Not even another cup of coffee? No. Why, you haven't had fewer than three cups of coffee for breakfast since the big chap ran for president. <laughs> I can't help it, Snooky. I gotta backtrack myself to the Elks Club and look for my key ring. I lost it on my way home last night. Why didn't you stop and look for it then? Because it was blacker than the inside of a buffalo. The moon was behind clouds, the street lights were behind telephone poles, and I was behind $2.40 playing snooker, and I wanted to get home. <laughs> Your key ring? Why, McGee, the key to the hall closet was on your key ring, and all our Christmas presents are locked in the hall closet. I know it, but don't you worry now. I'll find them. I'll just walk back the way I came. Down to Oak Street, over to 14th. McGee? Huh? Have you looked out the window this morning? No, no. You know I can't stand the sight of daylight till after I've had my coffee. Yes, I know. I sent Maxwell House a Christmas card in Kara Burns and Allen. Good. But uh, take a peek out the window, sweetheart. I haven't got time, baby. i got to look for my key ring, so... Oh, my gosh. Snow. Three feet of it. It just stopped snowing a little while ago. Isn't it beautiful? Beautiful? With my key ring, with the key to the hall closet, with all our Christmas presents locked in it, buried under it? Why, it's horrible. Well, I gotta get going anyway. Dad, Bradford, where's my overcoat? Where's my mittens? See if you can find my overshoes. Where's what are you going to do? Your key ring is under three feet of snow. I'll find it if it's under 44 feet of French fried frog legs. <laughs> I'll shovel the sidewalk clean clear down to the Elks Club, or clear clean down to the Elks Club, as the case may be. Now, I'll find the dad that I hope that's Foggy Williams, the weatherman. And if it is, kiddo, you'd better leave the room. I get a, I got a few choice remarks to make there. Now, 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 the weatherman can't help it if it snows. Uh, he can predict it, can't he? So people will be prepared and not go losing their key rings the night before. But darling, he did predict. Well, who believes him? <laughs> My gosh, if I ever thought it was... Come in. Hi, Miss McGee. Hi, Miss McGee. 
Gee, isn't this wonderful? Four feet of snow. Three feet. Well, I bet you it would be up to my hips on you, I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, can us kids ever have fun now, though, ever? Ah, fun, Patai. Well, Teeny, it's nice to see you. Hand me my sweater, will you, Molly? Thanks. Now, where's my muffler? Gee, don't Mr. McGee like snow, Miss McGee? Don't you, Mr. McGee? Hmm, don't you? Hmm? <laughs> Look, sis, snow is beautiful in a photograph of Mount Whitney taken from 45 miles away. <laughs> it's beautiful to a grizzly bear that's been Hibernian for the winter in a cave somewhere. <laughs> but underfoot and down your neck and up your sleeve, you can have it. Where's my overshoes? Hey, Mr. McGee, if you're going past my house, come on in because we got a surprise for you, the kids and me. <laughs> You know, Johnny and Kenny and Buddy and Roddy are practicing our Christmas carols. Yeah, look, 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 Teeny. Mm-hmm. Some other time, I'd love to stand around in my overshoes and hear the exciting news about you and Kenny and Roddy and all them other Buddy movies. and Johnny. Yeah, but I got to work today. <laughs> so if you'll excuse me, I got to go shovel some snow. Oh, my daddy can't shovel snow. Hmm? He's got his arm in a cast. He cut himself shaving. <laughs> He, uh, he cut himself shaving and got his arm in a cast? Sure. He said he was eating popcorn at the time and the bag fell down over his eyes. Now, wait a minute, sis. He was eating popcorn at the time and yeah, the... Yeah, but he says it wouldn't happen again in a million years because he don't care how vicious a dog is. He can make friends with it, rain or shine. Well, what that got Well... Stop at my house if you can, mister. I know you'll like the surprise we got for you. So long, Miss McGee. Bye, Tina. If I walk kind of lopsided, kiddo, it's because I think I just had my leg pulled. <laughs> well, here I go, Tootsie. I think you were a little rude to Teeny McGee. My goodness, no, it's just what children love at Christmas time, and she was so happy at having this surprise for you. Surprise my clavicle. <laughs> Hearing her and them other kids sing Christmas carols is about as much of a surprise as waking up on New Year's Day to find out it's January. Now, let me see, have I forgot anything? Well, I don't think so. You have your overshoes. Yeah. Three sweaters, overcoat, mittens, your hat with the earmuffs. Huh? Your hat with the earmuffs. I can't hear you. Earmuffs! Wait a minute, I can't hear anything with these dad-ratted earmuffs on. <laughs> what did you say? I merely said... Oh, clang, clang, clang. I never saw it to fail. The minute I get busy or want to go someplace, that dad-ratted doorbell starts ringing like there was a fire on the waterfront. Come in. Well, my goodness, Dr. Gamble with snow on his eyebrows. Come on in out of the cold, doctor. Thank you, my dear. And what are you all bundled up for, wet wash? <laughs> you look like a sail going somewhere to rummage. <laughs> you hate to see me dressed up warm, eh, Greedy? <laughs> Need a few pneumonia cases to pay off your Christmas bills, eh? <laughs> Lumpy, when I start picking patients in advance, they'll have better credit ratings than yours. <laughs> and I would like to add that as a judge of character, you will never be re-elected. Well, to answer your question, Doctor, he's going out for, uh, to look for his key ring. He lost it somewhere between here and the Uggs Club last night. A splendid project. Betcha. Do all that work just to recover a dime store key ring with six keys, three of them unidentified, a bottle opener, a lucky rabbit's foot, which doesn't seem to have done him any good, and an identification tag which says, Please return to Fiver McGee, 79 Wistful Vista, no reward. 
However, good luck with it, Lemonhead. So long, my dear. That big old fraud with the little black bag wouldn't be so quippy if he knew that key ring held the key to the hall closet and all our presents were in there, including the one we're giving him. Hey, I better get going. I gotta find that key. Say, couldn't we just get a locksmith to open the door for us? Nope, all closed. Holidays. Take the hinges off the door. I thought of that. With our hall closet, it's too dangerous. <laughs> you gotta have the key. It's gotta be so you can twist the key, turn the knob, and leap back. <laughs> well, here I go, kiddo. Into the wild, white yonder. My hero. <laughs> Mills in the orchestra and March of the Toys. heavy so fast. <laughs> I gotta find those dad radicates pretty quick. It'll soon be done. Oh, McGee, I brought you another thermos of hot coffee. How are you getting along, dearie? Terrible. I've been shoveling this dad radicate stuff all day and I can still see our house. <laughs> Give me the coffee, will you? Careful now. It's pretty hot. As cold as I am, I can't even tell if it's scalding. Boy, I could go for a hot buttered root beer right now. <laughs> Look, McGee, look who's coming, the weatherman. Yeah, walking around gloating, is he? If this is his idea of a... Hello, Mr. Williams. Hi, Foggy. Well, Mr. and Mrs. McGee, I'm glad to see you. Have a cigar, Mr. McGee? A cigar? Why, 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 thanks, Foggy. Is he celebrating something? (laughs) That you guess? You don't mean... Oh, 
Why, and Mr. Williams, have you and Mrs. Williams No, had... no, no, Mrs. Williams had nothing to do with this. Huh? This is my own snowstorm. <laughs> I predicted it all by myself. <laughs> Predicting weather must be fascinating work, Mr. Williams. No, thank you, I don't smoke cigars. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yes, I had rather an interesting time out west last summer, experimenting with making weather. Well, if you can unmake it, boy, you and me have got a deal cooking. <laughs> What'd you do, Mr. Williams? Move in with an Navajo so you could whip up some Indian summers? <laughs> no. No. I, I rented a plane, took it up 8,000 feet over a dusty ranch, and dropped 50 pounds of ice into a cloud. Then I landed to see what had happened. And what had happened, kiddo? I had killed a cow. Heavenly days, how unfortunate. Oh, it really was. The rancher was standing there, and he said if the ice had landed three feet to the left, it would have killed his son-in-law. <laughs> what was so unfortunate about that? Well, the son-in-law was a worthless lad, but the cow was valued at $600. <laughs> well, I must get down to the office. My assistant is watching the instruments down there, and he just called to report a rise in temperature and a warm front. Oh, just what does that mean, Mr. Williams? It means he should turn around and stand with his back to the fire for a while. <laughs> Well, Merry Christmas to both of you. Ah, uh, thank, thank you, you, Mr. Uh, Williams. Ah, uh, back to work, peasant. Trouble like you were getting paid by the hour. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What is it, McGee? Did you find the key ring? I don't know. There's something here, all right. Close to the sidewalk. Wait till I chip it loose. What was it? It's all my overshoe. <laughs> Doggone it. I'm getting tired of this. Don't let me carry keys anymore, Molly. I can't be trusted well, to Well, now, we've tried it that way, too, remember? Hmm? You came home without your front door key the night I was out playing bridge. Yeah? You broke the big window, knocked over the floor lamp, put your foot in the goldfish bowl, grabbed the drapes to keep from falling, fell anyhow, hit the end table, rolled in the hall, and found the front door unlocked the way I left it for you. <laughs> Only trying Hello there, Molly. Hiya, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Pull up a snowbank and sit down. <laughs> Hi, Junior. Oh, boy, what a day this is. This really feels like Christmas. I love a good... Hey, wait a minute. Aren't you a little lost, pal? Your house is down the street there. I know that, Junior. Relax. I lost my key ring last night coming home from the Alps. It snowed all over, so I'm looking for it with the snow snow. Oh, I see. Yeah, any further questions? One. One more question. Why didn't you clean off your own sidewalk? Yours is the only house on the block with snow in front of it. I looked on our sidewalk last night, and the keys are not there. There's no use shoveling through a lot of snow that I know my keys are and ring isn't under. There's plenty between here and the Alps that I don't know where the keys are. <laughs> You know, he's always very efficient, Mr. Wilcox. Well, I'd like to stay and help you, pal, but I'm busy just walking around getting that old Christmas spirit today. Gee, I love this time of year. Oh, me too, Mr. Wilcox. Everybody's sending cards and buying presents. And locking them in hall closets. Christmas trees all lighted up, wreaths in all the windows. Snow all over the keys. Ah, you know, to me, Christmas and New Year's Day are real Johnson's Wax holidays. To you, Mr. Wilcox, so are Columbus Day, Easter, and the annual convention of the Daughters of Notary Republics of Western Florida. Also Navy Day in the Kentucky Derby. No, no, no. I mean that with the kids home from school, relatives and friends dropping in the house, the spirit of hospitality is really at its peak at this time of the year. 
There's a hand clasp at the door, a smile on the face, and a glistening, gleaming welcome from even the floors and furniture. Ah. You know what I mean? Well, if we don't, we've wasted a good 13 years. <laughs> Look, Waxy. Yes, pal? Go cringle your Chris someplace else, will you? I got worse. I may have to shovel my way clean to the Elks. I got no time to stand here in barbershop with you. I give you two parting words. I know. Go home. No. Merry Christmas. Well, thank you, pal. And the same to both of you. Goodbye, Mr. Wilcox. Too bad we don't have another shovel or I could help you out a little. Well, now, you can just use this one a while, Tootsie. It's a nice light shovel. I mean, I know you wouldn't want the neighbors to see your wife doing manual labor like that right out on the street, of course. And what business is it of theirs? I'd like to know. If my wife wants to help me out when she sees I'm breaking my back trying to give us a nice good... Oh, 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 oh. Here comes that kid down the street again. Oh, teeny. Yeah, I better get busy. She'll start giving me that pitch about Kenny and Raddy and Buddy and... Hi, I'm very busy right now, Teeny. Hello, Teeny. You having fun? Sure. Me and Kenny and Buddy and Ratty and Johnny have been practicing our Christmas carols. And Mr. McGee. What you want? This is if I didn't know. My house is just right down there, and if you just stop in a little while, we got a surprise for you, I bet you. I'm in no mood for surprises now. Best surprise you can give me right now is go on home. Yeah, but... Gee, mister, don't you like little children? Certainly I like little children. Don't you like old men? Yeah. Well, okay then. So long, Miss McGee. Hey, kids, not daddy I'm kids. Getting my back shoveling snow. Why don't you let the children sing for you and get it over with, McGee? You ought to sit down and rest a while anyhow. You know why I don't let them sing for me, Molly. My gosh, when I hear a bunch of grubby little kids like that singing Christmas carols all off-key with their smeary little pusses lit up like an Easter sunrise, I get all mushy. And start forgiving everybody for everything they ever done to me. And it's very embarrassing because sometimes I can't even remember what I was sore at him about. He was, I gotta protect jingle myself. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the hell there, kids! Heavenly days, the old timer. Hi, old timer. What brings you out in this kind of weather? A flexible flyer, Johnny. What do you think I'm pulling behind me, a bulldozer? My goodness, this sled. Isn't it awfully cold for you, Mr. Old Timer? Not if I keep moving, daughter. Me and some of the other kids, the younger crowd, are going out to Dugan's Hill to do some belly... <laughs> stomach busters. Yeah, I know. Buckle bruisers. Yeah. Want to come along, Johnny? I'll share my sled with you. I'll use it going down, and you can use it coming up. Fifty-fifty. <laughs> no. no, I got work to do. Yes, he's going to shovel snow all the way down to the Elks Club. It looks like. <laughs> Is that so? Well, different people like different things. Me, I like coasting. I'm going to try to bust my own record for the bobsled run at Dugan's Hill. Your own record? Said it last year, daughter. Went down that run in 13 seconds. Well, that's half a mile. In 13 seconds? Yep. May take a little longer with a sled, of course. home. You're worn out and it's too dark to see anymore anyhow. I guess so. What a break. All our Christmas presents locked in the hall closet and no key. How do I get into these messes anyhow? Well, I don't know, but you do it so easily, dearie. Come on, let's go home. Okay, I'm worn out. 
I'm beat like the seat of a jockey's pants. I'm as bushed as the left-hand Smith brother. And now, dear. I'm sorry. Here, now, let me carry Mr. Williams' snow shovel up. I'll throw it in the snowdrift. My gosh, what kind of a cheap snow scoop is that anyhow? Can't even find a ring of keys with a cheap thing. Well, who, 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 who's that crossing the street? Oh, why, McGee, I believe it's Mr. Wimple. Yeah, Wallace Wimple. Hi, Wimp. Hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello, folks. <laughs> well, it's good to see you again, Wimp. Yes. Are you looking forward to a nice Christmas, Mr. Wimple? Oh, yes. yes. I had a wonderful time last night, too, Mrs. McGee. Sweetie Face, that's my big old wife. <laughs> Sweetie Face helped out at the kindergarten Christmas party, and I went along. Oh, sounds big time, all right. Yes. She got all dressed up with Santa Claus and came down the big brick chimney to the kitty. Oh, Isn't that nice? Yes. <laughs> Somebody lit the most beautiful fire in the fireplace. <laughs> Just as she was halfway down. <laughs> Did she get hot about that? Built a fire while she was in the chimney. Gee, what happened, Wimp? Oh, the kitties loved it. They did? They'd never seen a Santa Claus with a pack of toys come through the side of a chimney before. <laughs> Bricks all over the place. <laughs> well, I'll leave you here. You're home. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you. One nice thing about seeing Wimp with all the grief that poor guy has, I forget my own troubles. What was I worrying about? Oh, yeah, my key ring and all the keys. Hi, Miss what are you kids doing on our front porch? Don't you know you'll catch cold out here? No, McGee, don't be cross with the children. It's almost Christmas Eve. Well, gee whiz, can't they take a hint? They'll have to come in the house now. Can't have them catch cold out here. He can't be. I told you he would. Come on in, children. Close the door. Yeah, close the door. Come on in, children. Close the door. <laughs> you wouldn't come to my house, Mr. McGee, so I brought Kenny and Buddy and Johnny and Raddy over here with the surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, mm-hmm. surprise. Okay, get it over with. Sing it. Well, Kenny and Raddy and Buddy and Johnny and I were practicing our Christmas carols last night, and right in front of our house we found these keys. Okay. Sing it in any old key item. (laughs) Keys? Sure. It says Fibber McGee and no reward on them, and you're the only Fibber. Oh, my key. (laughs) And after me shoveling snow all day long. Oh, teeny. Why didn't you tell me you found my keys? You didn't give me a chance, mister. All day long, I tried to tell you. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, I'm sorry I was such a melon head about it, sis, but you know me. I'm, I have to be a little grouchier than usual around Christmas time. Gee, why, Mr. McGee? Most people are a lot more cheerful, I bet you. Yeah, but I... Well, I can explain that to you. You see, he's very sentimental. He's got to act a little tough or he goes all to pieces. Now, you take a Christmas carol, for instance. Can you take a Christmas carol, dearie? Huh? Oh, I love them. But, but, but I, I don't want people to know it. They might take advantage of me. Go ahead, sis. Sing me a carol. But don't anybody ask me to sign my life insurance over to them right afterwards, because I'll do it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Come on, Randy and Kenny and Johnny and Buddy. A one and a two and a three. <laughs> Jimmy with Kate. 
do I do like a flash caught open the shutters, threw open the sides? Then, what to my wondering, I should appear on a miniature sleigh, and a tiny reindeer with a little old driver so lively and quick that I knew right away that it must be St. Nick. Oh, my. 
Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Dimension X, followed by Jack Benny. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Since both shows tonight are rather lengthy, I have little time to chat. We begin, though, with a show that was first aired in 1950, Christopher London, starring Glenn Ford in the leading role. New York, a famous composer sips his brandy and dies. The lovely lady vanishes. On the French Riviera, a childish tune is played again and again behind the locked door. Jagged pieces of a horrible puzzle fitted together into a pattern of murder by Christopher London. National Broadcasting Company presents Christopher London, created especially for radio by the world's most widely read mystery writer, Earl Stanley Gardner, transcribed, produced, and directed by William N. Robson, and starring Mr. Glenn Ford. I am Christopher London who can't even take a little walk in the moonlight with a beautiful woman without finding a dead body in his path. Everyone else seems to be able to do the average sort of thing, go to a show or a concert without the man in the next seat winding up with a stiletto in his back, but not me, no. Now, like that night I went to Carnegie Hall to hear the new piano concerto by my old friend Louis Deshaies. the kind of man you seldom come across anymore, vital despite 60-odd years with an eye for the ladies, 20 cigars a day, evenings of brandy, roulette, and romance. Well, after the concert, he slipped away with me to a small bar around the corner from Carnegie Hall where we could chat quietly. Oh, Christopher, how I detest to listen to my own music. Oh, nerve-wracking. Ah, it will be good to get away, to relax. No music, no work. Where are you going? Wandelka. She has written me to spend a holiday at her chateau in Monte Carlo. Wandelka, the pianist? Yes. Oh, that's a great artist. I've heard her play. Oh, one of the most remarkable women of our time. Even now, at 60, she can captivate the heart of men half her age. The vitality, the allure. I, I fell in love with her twice in my life. Once at 16 and again at 40. I even wanted to marry her. Me, Louis Dauchet, willing to marry. But I couldn't afford her. Extravagance? Oh, that is another statement. <laughs> Why, Delka, she lives to the hilt. Compared to her, I'm middle class. Oh, how that woman lives. The fortune she's lost at roulette. The racing car she has bought. The chateau she's lived in. Oh, she sounds wonderful. At 60, she is not only a great pianist, linguist, mathematician, poet. You know, you sound as though you're still in love with her. It's too bad you couldn't afford her. Oh, need I tell you how little a composer like me earns? 
few concerts, a sale of records. That is all. Oh, for a man with my face, it has been hard. But now, all will be changed. Christopher, when I return, I should be a wealthy man. How are you going to manage that? Uh, <laughs> I cannot tell you, Christopher. I beg your pardon. Huh? Is this seat taken? Oh, no. Uh, do sit down, mademoiselle. I was at the concert. Oh, it was a beautiful concerto, Mr. Duchesse. Oh, oh, you know who I am. Oh, oh how nice. And you are? Oh, just a girl called Anne. And uh, this is Mr. London. Hello. Hello. Another round, gents. How about you, young lady? Uh, yes, the young lady may have whatever she wishes. Oh, no, I only intend... Oh, but I insist. Oh, thank you. A vermouth cassis, please. Another cognac for me. Uh, Christopher? No, no, thanks. Anne, may I tell you that you are the most beautiful young lady that I've met in many a dalier? Christopher, isn't she exquisite? Very. Yes, I'm partial to lavender eyes and red hair. Thank you. Perhaps you are musician. Oh, no. I'm... I'm nobody. Oh, it's strange, my, my sitting here with two men who lead such exciting lives. I, too. Heavens, I know the name Christopher London. Oh. There's your drinks. Oh, thank you. thank you very much, yes. To your concerto, Mr. Duchesse. To your beauty, Mademoiselle Anne. Thank you. Oh, look, isn't that a turby over there? Where? Over there, in the corner. Turn around and tell me. Resemblance, but it is not Itorbi. Mm, no, I see now it isn't. Oh, dear, what time is it? Mm. Oh, let's see. That's, uh, oh, 11.40. Oh, I must make a phone call. Do excuse me for a second. I'll be right back. Oh, la, 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 la. Oh, such beauty. Oh, that soft skin. That red hair. That red hair is one of the finest wigs I've ever seen. Oh, Christopher, ridiculous. Now, somewhere I've met her before, but where? You cynical young man. Oh, no, my friend. You are so wrong. You are... Honey, I, 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 I am dizzy. dizzy. What's the matter? My eyes, I... Huh? Christopher! Oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait. What's wrong with him, mister? He's dead. She? How? Uh, you better not wash that cognac glass. I have a hunch the police will find poison in it. Getting us to turn our backs. That's the oldest trick in the world. We fell for it. That... That redhead? Yeah, yeah, the beautiful, phony redhead. You were right, Mr. London. Poison. Uh, how about the girl, Inspector? Not a trace. What gets me is the motive. Why bump off an old guy who writes music? <laughs> Maybe the music was real lousy, huh? No, no, somebody didn't want him to go abroad. That's tough luck. Europe must be swell this time of year. Yes, I, I think it will be. Well, what do you mean? I'll see you when I get back. Where are you going? To the south of France. There's a woman I ought to meet. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's different. I thought you were going on business. I am, Inspector. Grim business. It's always hard to lose a friend, especially when his music has brought joy to a world which needs all the joy it can get. I was angry, cold angry. Poor Louis de Chaise. Never again to see his old love, the great, the famous one, Delca. And to come back a wealthy man. What did it all mean? 
Why should he die at the hands of a girl with lavender eyes and a lilting voice? So I boarded a plane for France. And the next night, I walked into the fabulous casino at Monte Carlo. I went from table to table, looking for the artist and woman known as Wandelka. When suddenly... Hello, London. Well, Phil Zeruccio, huh? (laughs) How time flies. Last time I saw you, a a grand jury was indicting you for murder. Yeah, but I got a good mouthpiece. How's Broadway? A lot safer since you were deported, Phil. I got news for you, London. I ain't particularly delighted at seeing you here. Afraid I'll spoil some little project you're working on? Listen, I'm a respectable businessman. Bought myself a chain of restaurants. Pure as the driven snow, you might say, speaking of me. I bet. Probably every politician from Marseille to Rome is bribed up to their beards. Talk sweet, London. Better yet, don't talk. Just beat it. Get out of Monaco. Try Bulgaria or Iceland. You know, I've often wondered, Zeruccio, did you really have 40 guys killed off like the DA said? Or was it all of us? I'm warning you, London, stop needling. I got pull in Europe. I can have you out of here in a day. Keep your nose clean and stay out of my hair. I knew Phil Zeruccio. Compared to him, Lucky Luciano and Lepke were sissies. Or was he on the level about turning over a new leaf? And what was he doing here in a plaid dinner jacket, wandering about the casino of Monte Carlo? Did he know the girl of the lavender eyes? Had he ever heard of one Delka? I strolled out into the gardens, thinking, thinking. Penny for your thoughts, Kit. What? Oh, well, Professor Sullivan. Oh, bless you, Kit. It's good to see you. I've missed you dreadfully. How did you know I'd be here? Intuition, my now, friend. Wait a minute. Don't kid me, Professor. Every time I'm working on a case, you pop up. Havana, Paris, everywhere I go. Ah, but you pay me so well, Kit. Now, can I do any favors now for you? I'm your humble servant. You can trust me. Ah, oh, yes, always for a price. Huh? <laughs> You've been in jail since I last saw you? Oh, only a fortnight in Algiers. Oh, Kit, Algerian prisons are gloomy places. <laughs> Well, I suppose I've got to let you help me. Yeah, that's right. You're my conscience, Kit. You always pay me to do something legal and save me from evil associations. I have a proposition. Oh, those words are like rose petals. How much? Fifty. What do I steal? Do you know a woman called Wandelka? Oh, yes, a great woman. Great pianist. A beautiful... Take me to her chateau. Oh, now I'd be cheating you if I did that. See, the poor lady was... Did you say was? Yes. May the saints cherish her. Wandelka died yesterday. Tomorrow morning is her funeral. I dislike graveyards intensely, yes, but this funeral fascinates me. I wonder, who are those two mourners? Hmm? Oh, they are her only relatives, her sister and her niece. They came from Poland only recently. Uh-huh. I wonder what they look like. I wish they'd raise up their veils. Oh, that's better. Oh, thank you. Well, the mother must have been a beauty in her day. Wandelka was even more beautiful at 60. Her only relatives, huh? 
Oh, yes, yes, that's right. She never married, did she? Oh, the niece is exquisite. Yeah, there now. Isn't she the most beautiful brunette you've ever seen? So she just came from Poland, did she? Yes. Hmm. Well, the day before yesterday, I saw her sitting at a bar on 56th Street in New York in a red wig. Oh, that's impossible. Now, she came from Poland. Oh, Professor, it grieves me to tell you this, but you're a liar. Oh, Kit. If you didn't pay me so well, I'd be hurt to the quick. Now, how well do you really know these two women? Come on, now, tell the truth. I've never spoken a word to For them. $50 more, would you tell me the real truth? Oh, well, in that case, I thought so. Cash. Oh, Professor, Professor, oh, you're a rascal. All right, here you are. Good, good. Now, the truth is this. Those charming women pay me to stay in this town so that I can notify them should anyone try and get near one Delca's chateau. Why are they so eager to keep people away from that house? Who knows? Perhaps, I merely say, perhaps, Von Delka is not in that coffin at all. Got another passkey here. Might do it. It, it will get into trouble entering without permission. Now you're a stickler for ethics at the wrong time, Professor. There now. That does it. Well, this is quite a place. Yes, it dates back to Marie Antoinette. Uh, I wonder where the servants are. You know, that's a strange thing, Kit. A few days after the two women arrived here, not a servant could be located. Oh, naturally. Uh, where could one Delka be? I don't know. Now, that, I swear, is true. Uh, uh, I wonder where that staircase leads over there. Hmm? Oh, that's to the bedrooms. All right, let's try it. Huh? Look, the uh, women will be coming back from the funeral soon. Courage, Professor. Well, this, uh, this staircase was built too steep. Shh, shh, wait a minute. Listen, listen. Behind that door. Perhaps that's one Delka. Undoubtedly. See here. And that's locked. Uh, Wondelka. <clears throat> Wondelka, is that you? Yeah, it gives me goose pimples to hear that. A great pianist playing like a child, feeble minded, insane, maybe? Yes. And why is she being kept a prisoner in her own house? Now, look, I'll give you another 50. Now, if you were to offer me a million, I couldn't tell you, Kit. Now, those women tell me very little. Wondelka. Wondelka. Look, I know you're being held a prisoner. I've come to help you. Can you hear me? That's uh, like a lunatic asylum. Come on, let's get out of here. Yes, yes, sir. They'll be back soon, and I want to meet those lovely ladies on a different basis. Oh, Kit, what does Wondelka mean to you? A friend of mine loved her. I have uh, come to offer my condolences at your loss. I'm from America. I I played many times in the Philharmonic Orchestra when Wondelka was the soloist. Won't you come in? Mama, this is an American gentleman who knew poor auntie. He has come to pay his respects. You come at unhappy times. Won't you sit down? Thank you, madame. 
Your sister was one of the great musicians, one of the great women of the century. She inspired me to love music and to love life. She will be remembered as was Bernhardt and Duza and Madame Curie. Oh, I am glad to know someone young and a foreigner still holds her memory dear. What was the cause of her death, madame? Pneumonia. She insists on going to casino. She loved to play roulette. And that night it rained, it rained. And she catch cold. She was so weak. And... Oh, don't cry, Mama. The past is over. Why are there no servants here to attend to your needs, madame? We wish to sit here alone with our grief. Oh, but we are being ungracious, Anna. The wine. Ah, your name is Anna. Yes, my sister had always a great wine cellar. You stay here, Anna, and entertain the gentleman. I will get the wine. Why you look at me like that, monsieur? I came to find death. And I found beauty. Thank you. It is so seldom one sees a Polish girl with hair so black. My father was part Italian. Oh, I see. You know, were Renoir alive today, he would wish to paint you. Your coloring is exquisite. The black, black hair, the lavender eyes. Make love to me, monsieur. This is a most unhappy time. Oh, but when a man is swept off his feet, love does not wait on birth or death. I had heard how impetuous Americans were. I... No, no. What would my mother say? Oh, she's still in the wine cellar. You are wicked. Oh? Well, then. Winky. Yes. You are no saint. Yet you are charming. Anna. Hmm? Anna. Oh, Anna, I could compose a tone poem to that name. Please, Mother is coming back. Oh, Mother has no sense of timing. Oh, those steps are hard on old women. Hmm. Oh, here, Anna, pour the gentleman his wine. Taste it, and tell me if you have ever had a finer amoroso. Yes, drink, monsieur. Aren't you joining me? Not just now. Oh, but I insist your daughter at least take part in an old American custom. Uh? Uh, yes, it's called the loving cup. Now, when a man meets a girl as lovely as your daughter, he asks her, he asks her to drink first from his glass. Anna is too young to drink. Oh, but surely an exception can be made here. I accept your flattery, monsieur. However... It is not flattering. No, to look at you is to have some of the chill taken from the memory of your dead aunt. Now, Wait. Don't I hear a piano being played somewhere? Oh, no, young man. Imagination plays tricks, you know. My poor sister. Oh, yes, yes, of course. I must have imagined it. Come, Anna. You shall have the first sip from my glass. I cannot allow my daughter... I insist. It is difficult, young man, to know where flattery ends and rudeness begins with you. Surely you can't object to drinking your own wine, Anna. Or can you? I... 
Oh, of course not. No. No. Certainly not. Well, then. Oh, no, no. That's a pretty phony accent you girls are wearing. All right, wise guy. Now, just stand quite still. Oh, what a smart little revolver. It'll do the work, Professor. Yes, yes, I'm coming. Tie this fool up in the cellar. Oh. Poor kid. You shouldn't have come here. Oh, Professor, sometimes you shake my faith in the human race. You're listening to Christopher London, starring Glenn Ford. You know, Professor, that gun pointing at me is superfluous. <laughs> Bless you, kid. I'll take no chances with you. Oh, where's your shame? I mean, taking my money and then telling those women about me. Well, it's difficult to have both a conscience and a bank book at the same time. Uh, what wouldn't you do for money? Offhand, I can't really imagine. <laughs> Uh, tell me, how much did they pay you to double-cross me? 50,000 francs. Well, that's hardly worth the effort, the way francs are these days. Now, don't undermine my confidence in international finance, kid. You know, I pity you. Here you'll sit and starve while they go on trying to get her secret from her. What secret? I wish I knew. I asked Lottie. That's the girl who calls herself Anna. Lottie's from Newark, New Jersey. Worked in a burlesque for a while. Uh, I'll bet you did. I asked her what secret would one docker have. She only snarled at me. It's amazing how beautiful women can snarl. Uh, Louis Deschaise was poisoned at the bar by Lottie. Why? He was coming to visit Wandelka. He was sure he'd strike it rich. Now, what had Wandelka written him? I mean, why should she, of all people, be kept a prisoner? Why the fake funeral? Too bad you'll never know the answers. You think they're asleep by now? Oh, yes. Oh, think of that wonderful woman, Professor. Haven't you any sentiment? Well, for $500 in American money, I could weep buckets. And at the same time, cut your cords. 200 Five. Either my price or I sit here and I starve. Now, which is it going to be? Oh, well, naturally, I can't let you die. Oh, that's a deal. Uh, there's no use unless I get to that room upstairs. Oh, by the merest chance, I picked the old lady's pocket. What? Yes, I have the key. And for another 50... No, 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 no. Oh, well, what can I do? My heart can't allow you to be eaten by rats. No. Wait, here. I'll cut you free. That's it. Well, you're a noble soul, Professor. Yes. Now, here's the key. Now, we go upstairs to find Wendelka. Oh, not me. No, I've had enough for one day. I'll go back and have sweet dreams in your hotel room. Now then, give me the money. Oh, I haven't it on me. How about tomorrow? Fortunately, in the past, your credit has been good. Well, Kit, we come to the parting of the ways. I back to town, and you too. Yes, yes. Who knows where? Madame Mondelka? Madame Mondelka. Who are you? I don't know you. Go away. I don't know you. Please try to understand what I'm saying. It's very important. I've come to get you away from these women. I don't know you. Yes, yes, I know. All right, I know. I know about that. Now, we're going to get you out of here. I'll take you to a hospital. I'll take care of you. You'll be well again. Please, will 
you stop playing and listen to me? My name is Christopher London. I'm a friend of Louis de Chaise. Ah, good. I had to make sure. Thank heaven you've come. The fools, the arrogant fools. Who did they think they were browbeating some poor little old lady? How easy it was to pretend I was out of my mind. You say you know my friend Louis? Yes. He was all set to sail for France when he was murdered. Murdered? Oh, no. Poor, poor man. How horrible. Yes, well, I hated to tell you. Well, at my age, one's friends die one by one. Who killed him? That girl. It was that girl, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, poor Louis. He was always a boy at heart about a pretty face. Like I am about a handsome face. I must say, young man, I could not ask for a finer-looking rescuer than you. How romantic of you to bother about an old lady like me. Well, not really an old lady. Don't be too optimistic. We've got to get out of here. This is a dangerous gang. Yes, I see them all hanged yet. Or the guillotine. Her pretty head chopped off. Oh, my poor Louis. Tell me, why did they kill him? He was the only one to whom I confided my secret. Secret? Young man, I have three passions. Attractive men, the playing of the piano, and the roulette wheel. The first two, I mastered. But the third, now at last, I have, after years, I have discovered the perfect mathematical system to break the bank at Monte Carlo. Oh? This gang found out about my system. Zutelo, they take over my chateau one day, pretend to be my relatives, get rid of my friends, get rid of my servants, and I am their captive. But I do not tell them this system. I destroy all papers, all calculations. But you must have one copy hidden. Ah, I have. Now, look, this is no time to play... This is it. This is the system. Well, what do you mean? Play the tune in the key of E. You sing flat as the code for number one. That's the old musical code. Naturally. Played and varied five times. When it's decoded, the entire numerical system is spelled out. I've kept it in my mind all this time. Played it so I would not forget. Okay, wise guy, I told you to keep your hands off. Hello, Zeruccio. You're at the bottom of all this, huh? Oh, what are you going to do? Don't beat me again. Shut up, you idiotic fool. Stop playing and come across with that system. What system? I'm just an old lady who... Oh, cut it! My arm! Oh, my arm! Smart work, one second. Oh, no, you don't, Zeruccio. Oh, my way, London. Not so fast. Get his gun. I have it. Shall I shoot them both? It would be a pleasure. You're not insane. No. And my fingers are exceptionally strong, thanks to Mozart. You silly girl. I'll stand guard, Monsieur London. You get the police. What about the other woman? Where is she? It does not matter. If she shows up, I'll take care of her. If she does not show up, the police, they will find her. You're everything that Louis said, madame. Brave, wise, and beautiful. I think soon I shall play a concert dedicated to you, monsieur. Oh, if I were 20 years younger. You are eternally young, madame. Well, hold up your hands. 
Oh, you caught them. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid your heroics have come a little late, Professor. Oh, Wondelka, give him your gun. He will stand guard until I come back with the police. You must be weary. Weary? Nonsense. After you are done with the police, come to the casino. I will be there playing my system. I'll treat you to champagne and introduce you to all the pretty girls. Oh, so that was it. A system to break the bank, eh? But uh, what is the system? You'd like to know, Professor? Oh, yes. Very much, huh? Very much, yes. Yeah, I see. Well, give him your system, Mondelka. Allegro con molto. Christopher London, starring Glenn Ford. Transcribed, produced, and directed by William N. Robeson. And created especially for radio by the world's most widely read mystery writer, Earl Stanley Gardner. Tonight's play was written by Bernard Schoenfeld with a musical score composed and conducted by Van Cleave. Included in Mr. Ford's company were Ben Wright, Eleanor Audley, Ramsey Hill, Jeanette Nolan, Ted DeCorsia, Georgia Ellis, and Rick Vallon. Stay tuned for Fibber McGee and Molly next on Theater of the Mind. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.